I don't know, last week or something. And, you know, just because I thought, hey, if I do this once, it won't kill me. And I had a bang. Did you get palpitations? Oh, bangs are pretty good. Yeah, I, I, I had a, a bang. And the first thing that happened was that I had raging hiccups. And it wasn't even that carbonated, so I don't know what it was. I don't think that's a common side effect. Uh, yeah, well, but it's it's not really the common side effects that you got to worry about. It's the uncommon side effects. Ask good old Jordan Peterson. Did you get palpitations? You know, I don't know what I had. Levels levels are good. Levels are great. Easily as good as they've ever been. <laughs> don't really believe you when you say that well if the levels were were, were double plus ungood I, I feel like I, I just need to start using Orwellian words because that'll make me far more relevant but it's not because everybody realizes hey that's so Orwellian it's because that's just what this situation has become yeah I don't think you're gonna be able to make that a thing <laughs> that's so Orwellian <laughs> right so I'm just going to start using Orwellian Orwellian uh, idioms like <sighs> double plus ungood. Sounds good. Because, you know, that, that'll tweet. Newspeak? Newspeak. Yeah. Right. I think that's that's where we are. Now, I don't know if this will make it into <clears throat> the before before the intro song, but you'll notice there under platforms I put C. Go ahead. We'll wait. Hmm. Because... I went I went on I actually went on Apple Podcast Connect. So like, you know, we do this through Podbean. I went to Apple Podcast Connect. Yeah. Wanna know how many how many ratings we have? How many? Three. Three. Well, you know We have episodes where thirty six people have listened to it. I'm just saying. <laughs> well that's that's just downloads. I mean, is there a difference between downloads and listens? I don't know. I would have to assume though, because it's not like there's 36 across the board. True. You know? I still think that there might be a difference between listens and downloads. Because people who are just streaming on, like, I don't know, Wi-Fi or whatever this stuff is that's in the air where you get the internet. Yeah. Whatever that's called. LTE. Yeah. 4G. 5G in some places. <laughs> Which, that's a lot of Gs. You're right. I mean, it could be we're getting you know, 20 some odd people, it automatically downloads, but only three people, mainly your parents and your brother are the only ones that are listening. I, I, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that clearly. I mean, clearly because you're the one who said it and I wasn't the one who said it. <laughs> you think that's what's going on? Though? Yeah. So I don't know, maybe, maybe it's a good time for, no, I gotta, I gotta give you something here, which I guess I could give this to you like on air proper. Have some Josephus. Oh my goodness. Handouts, homework, handouts. This is too much. Handouts. I've even got notes this week. Am I am I going to get to talk? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I tried to, to to build in uh talking for you and and oh, questions and things of that well, nature. Well, thanks for that. <laughs> yeah, but I, I really don't think there there's it's another one of these situations where Man, it's biting off a whole heck of a lot. If you say you might have to do another episode. Listen, this is already part two of last week. This is a part two. Okay. 
<clears throat> so are you suggesting there's a part three? You haven't claimed, you haven't suggested you might do a part three yet. So I guess you're all right. Uh, right. I haven't. So but we're, you have, we're just going to treat you, this as a, you part have two. like 11 part twos that you've, you've alluded to. Yeah, it's true. But this is episode 32 and I'm Justin and with me always <laughs> is Byron. Party on Byron. Party on Justin. Was that was that too much laughing to count? <laughs> no, I mean, did it lack the requisite? Oh, don't worry, I'll take care of it in post. You, I mean, you do. I, I do. It's <laughs> what I do, yo. So, like I said, this is Deutero Cannons, episode thirty-two. We are on various platforms. We are on Apple Podcasts. We are on Audible. We are on Podbean. Whatever happened to Spotify and Pandora? Did they just deny us? I don't know. Are they not good enough? Like there's something too when you make it too hard to do something, people just aren't gonna do it. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean that's why Obamacare did so poorly. No, I'm just, that's, I don't know if that's true. I mean, I it made me a little bit poorly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, before all that business hit the fan. Well, certainly you see like systems and processes in your job where people just make it too complicated. So it's like, eh. I'll just do without. Before Obamacare, I had free health care through my employer. Oh. Yeah. That was that was a perk. Hmm. You know, like a benefit, like part of my salary. Yeah. So And now you don't? No, and I haven't since that thing began. So now you have to pay for your health care? Yeah. I mean, of course I like of course my health care was part of my compensation. Yeah. So, you know, I was paying for it with my labor, but now I'm paying for it with my labor and my labor. Mm. I could point you to the nearest military recruiter. I don't think they take 36-year-olds. <laughs> Do actually, they? Actually, I think it's up to like 40. It's it's definitely at least 40. For a while, it was up to 42, I thought. Really? Yeah. <clears throat> I still don't know that they would take me. Yeah. I mean, this... I, I'm a little old. I think I'm a little old for that. Your old soul. I mean, I would have to... I mean, I could enter as an officer... But who wants to do that? No, you don't. I just mean <laughs> qualification-wise. But like, why in the world would a master's degree in education qualify me for anything? Uh, well, it's funny that you mentioned that because, uh, like, you have a real interesting spread in the military, and this is why, like, the education part is kind of arbitrary. Like, my current commander, his degree is in outdoor education. <laughs> he took a class in kayaking. Like, and you have guys coming out of West Point that have like, you know, engineering degrees and they yeah. get, they get paid the same. Right. Because really the degree is just like a, I don't know what it is. It's an old fashioned requirement, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. I College is dumb. Well, you know, maybe I, maybe I shouldn't say that college is, <clears throat> is dumb, but maybe I should just say that we have a lot. You didn't a, say a that. A lot I of said things. That. You said it. There are a lot of things in the world that need to be reformed. And that's a great segue to the topic tonight. But before I get to the topic, I should also say that it'd be great if you are listening to this, if you could like, share, subscribe, comment, tell a friend, go ahead. We'll wait. That's what Byron put on the board. So I'm reading it. Byron, how about you go ahead and tell us what you mean by that? 
No, I mean like literally pause it right now. We'll wait. Oh, okay. Right. So you can pause us at any point. And whenever you get, <laughs> whenever you get back around, I was to hoping us, to just we'll have some. Be here. I thought we could just have some awkward silence for a couple seconds. Like that. That was good. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, this will be the very first Deuterocanons part two. Oh man, I wish I'd put that up there. I'm glad you thought of it. Yeah, last week was money it was more like money good point yeah apologies to pink floyd whoa what are you apologizing for well because that kind of fits the church of christ pattern of acapella ising the classics <laughs> touche you know how i feel about that <laughs> i do know how you feel about that so uh this is money Part two, and the subtitle would be Mystery Babylon. Jumping right into things, Byron, oh. what is a mystery? What is? A I mystery? know this is really, really like elementary of, of me to ask, but what is your understanding of the word mystery as it's used in the scriptures? In the scriptures. Yeah, in the scriptures, which, I mean, you may say is the same thing, hmm. but I also wanted to, to throw that context in to slightly complicate I'm gonna the go, question. I'm going to go with something kind of simple. I'm going to say okay. that which is hidden. Oh, bingo. Yes. That's like the That's like the textbook, you know, look it up in the lexicon or like the, the Greek English dictionary. My middle name is Webster. Man, good job. My last name? Also, also Webster. Webster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for for those of you listening at home, Byron is actually a uh, like a three foot eight inch, hopefully maybe someday four foot tall uh, sitcom character from the mid to late nineteen eighties. What you talking about, Justin? <laughs> <laughs> that was that was that was like dad joke territory right there. Yeah, it was. So a mystery is that which is hidden, mm. like. Literally, you know, like Mysterion, that sort of thing. So mystery Babylon. Why in the world would Babylon be a mystery? Well, Byron, what do you know about Babylon? Oh, my goodness. What do I know about Babylon? Yeah. Okay. So, hold on. And this can be as basic or as non-basic well, as gonna necessary. Go, I'm going to go with the classical conversations timeline real quick. Let me see if I can Ooh, say it nice. in my head. So, uh, okay. Hold on. Uh, Judah falls to Persia. And per no, Ju no, no. Judah falls, falls to, Babylon. to Babylon. Right. Temple destroyed. Babylon falls to Persia. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's is that right? Anyways, mm -hmm. so the Babylonians, I know they they conquered the southern kingdom. Yes. Right. So when we read about um, Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, at least the first part, so that would be Nebuchadnezzar. He was the the Babylonian ruler. We, I mean, we talked about that before. Same thing with, with Esther that, that occurred in that time period. And then the Medo Persians conquered Babylon. Um, and so generally Babylon is, is it's like modern day Iraq, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. Um, so that's, that's what we're talking about. Tigris Euphrates territory. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, uh, so that there's, I guess like, like some literal history and then 
you know, I did my homework. I listened to all of Revelation. So it also like signifies something. Yes. Which I think is what we're going to talk about. Yeah, it is. Um, <clears throat> so how about we go to that? Um, just what do you remember from your recent listening through of Revelation about what you know, the, the Babylon character that shows up because you, you're talking about an, a, an empire and a city mm-hmm. so far. So how is that different or similar to what you find in Revelation? So in Revelation, Babylon is a woman of ill repute, it sounds like. Yes. Um, so do you get the, the idea in Revelation that Babylon is a like a literal human flesh and blood woman? No. No. So what's the... What what might Babylon then? It almost seems like it, it is some sort of like governing body, governing authority, uh, you know, sovereign nation. I don't know, even city that has somehow, I'll say, seduced the rest of the world. Okay, that's that's a good word. <laughs> yeah, seduced. Okay, so man, it's a mystery. It's going to involve looking at the Old Testament and the New Testament. It's also going to involve looking at some extra biblical texts, hence your handout of Josephus. Gold star for you, Justin. Handouts, homework. Yeah, handouts, homeworks, notes, the works. Hmm. Okay, Um. <clears throat> so let me deal with some extra biblical things and see if, you, if you're familiar with this. Have you heard the expression, follow the money? Yes. What's your understanding of how that term is used so usually if there's like some nefarious activity going on um you know it's i guess it's like a way of oversimplifying the solution so rather than maybe trying to better understand evidence or the people or 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 whatever the case may be if you just follow the money it'll lead you to the source of the problem yeah yeah so that term i found out because like that term was in was in my head as i was doing some research and that comes uh like its provenance is kind of in the uh the watergate era 1970s mm. like it, it, it started being floated in some uh like news reporting and things of that nature but the reason i was thinking about follow the money was because i was thinking of this other um common phrase that that i that i hear lawyers and people like that use mm-hmm. and it's the latin phrase qui bono have you heard that one so not to be confused with pro bono well, okay, so we've got, yeah, so it's not pro bono, but if you know pro bono, you might be able to get at least part of it. So pro bono is, I mean, that's like saying free of charge. Yeah. I'm not sure if that's the literal transi- translation, though. Excuse yeah, me. I think it's uh, like just for the benefit. Okay. So bono is benefit. So, so qui? Qui bono. Think like qui and k. Yeah. K like in Spanish? Yeah. Like what? What benefit? It's who. Who benefits? Yeah. Qui bono is who benefits. It, it's it's a way of yeah. kind of like follow the money, but maybe right. maybe a little bit more, um, maybe a little more beneficial. Mm-hmm. Um, no pun intended. But you can look at things that go on and and consider okay, like who benefits if you're trying to sort out you know yeah who done it right. There's another there's another phrase that I had never heard of before, but I ran into it when I was researching Qui Bono, and that's uh, Charche La Femme. Mm-hmm. French. That's French. From the 1850s. <clears throat> it comes out of an Alexander Dumas 
the guy who wrote Three Musket Three Musketeers. Yep. So he wrote a, a mystery where where that I guess term was coined. Charse la femme. It means look for the woman. Mm. In other words, find the female love interest and you will solve the crime. Yeah. And I think that all of that is very much connected to this idea of mystery Babylon. I mean, when when you say mystery, things that are hidden, I mean, we do kind of start thinking, okay, like the old TV show Unsolved Mysteries, mm-hmm. we think Sherlock Holmes, we think of, you know, these these detectives who try to discover the hidden things. Yep. And so that's why I was thinking about these these phrases. It's like, okay, these are these are like these kind of mantras or or helpful questions to consider yeah. when you're trying to get to the bottom of a mystery. Right. So, and I thought that the, the Charse La Femme was especially um, interesting because with Babylon, it Babylon is cast by the scriptures in the book of Revelation, but also in the Old Testament too, as being a woman. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, this, this is not casting any, any aspersions at all on the lady folk. Right. You know, because there are plenty of bad male actors, both symbolic and otherwise in the scriptures. Yeah. So, well, I mean, and some of this, I don't know if this is, this is a possible explanation, but is Hebrew or Greek, are those gendered languages? <clears throat> you know, I, I mean? can't speak for Greek, but Hebrew is. Yeah. I, I don't know if that has anything to do with it. But, and then the other thing is like, even, even in English, like, <clears throat> There are certain like inanimate objects that we refer to in the in the female gender, sure. right? Like like yeah. a, a ship, you know, a boat. It's not often, you know, she's running real good today. I don't know if you're talking about Captain. your car. Yeah, right, <laughs> right. Anywho, right. But but I think that it's it's not a stretch to say that there there are, I, I don't know, typically or stereotypically mm-hmm. or symbolically, certain avenues of sin that are or that are perhaps more endemic to males and others that are perhaps more endemic to right to females yep and so the things that we're going to say about babylon and the ways that these things are portrayed in a in a in using feminine uh imagery mm-hmm. that that's not to disparage women right at all not even a little bit it's just to say we're all sinners i guess um <clears throat> Charse la femme. Charse la femme, pardou. Charse la femme. Look for the woman by God. Look for the woman. Hmm. Find the female love interest. Solve the crime. Um, I'm also reminded of, of a passage from Wendell Berry where he says, so long as women do not go cheap for power, please women more than men. Ask yourself, would this disturb, or would this satisfy a woman satisfied to bear a child? Would this disturb the sleep of a mother near to giving birth? Mm-hmm. So, um, <clears throat> what we're going to find with Babylon is some going cheap for power. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, and, I mean, like to uh, to your point a second ago, like, and I think I think if people, you know, those the three people that are listening to us <laughs> <laughs> probably isn't going to surprise them to hear that, like, we aren't we aren't here to p- pretend that uh, women don't use their womanness to make things happen. And I think we see examples of that in the Bible. I mean, if you look at like Samson and Delilah, that's, that's yeah, what I mean, and, and she there, was doing. There, there are positive uses of things that are particular to females and mm-hmm. there are negative uses just like there are positive, I mean like positive ways of, of using masculinity and negative ways of mm-hmm. using masculinity. Like, right. 
obviously if there's an upside there's a downside <clears throat> so in in light of Charse Lafemme let's think about the two women because in Revelation Babylon is juxtaposed like like the the whore of Babylon is juxtaposed and you know may as well just go ahead and throw that word out whore of Babylon the adulteress mm-hmm. she's juxtaposed with a virtuous woman right and that's that's something that we're going to see um, in the Old Testament but before we get there let's think about the symbolism of some wicked women in the scriptures like in the Old Testament okay so the first one you now it could be wicked women like you could have a wicked woman generally like you know kind of always and everywhere this this woman is wicked and then you could have like a, a woman who happens to do something wicked in the particular. Mm-hmm. And so I'd like to look at both. So so would it be safe to say we're looking for wicked women? I don't know that song. No? <laughs> it's actually like witchy woman or something like that. Oh, it's, yeah. Never mind. I just, that's, that's before my time. <laughs> also mine i just thought you would enjoy another <laughs> I, I do i do enjoy it acapella rendition of a non-acapella song so how about eve kind of what's her what's her um downfall what's up with eve yeah um what, what's her downfall yeah yeah so like <clears throat> we all know what she did but right. why did she do what she did <clears throat> um a desire to be like god Okay, that, giving, that that was part of it. Giving into a temptation of the flesh. Um, mm-hmm. I think we talked about that a little bit when we talked about the freedom in the flesh. Mm-hmm. Was that where it was? But this idea of like it being pleasing to the eye and good for mm-hmm. food. You know, I mean, I, I don't think that it was necessarily that she was hungry. Maybe, maybe she was hungry. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. She saw it was good for food and desirable for making one wise. Mm-hmm she was deceived right and you know the the new testament tells us as much she was deceived what about um what about old lot's wife lot's wife so looked back when she wasn't supposed to turn into pillar of salt so gave into temptation maybe yeah so she looked back i mean that's kind of generic though because right eve was also tempted right and and men give into temptation right but with Lot's wife, like, what was she looking back at? Like, what what did that looking back symbolize? What was its meaning? Um, I don't know. Not keeping her eye on where she should be going. Okay. Yeah. Well, yes, yeah, c- certainly that there was that change of focus. But what was so alluring about where she had come from? Oh, a sinful. Okay. Now, man, do we need to read the story again? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, so w- you told me to read Revelation. You I know, <laughs> I know, I know. We'll we'll we'll, we'll get there. Okay, we'll get there. It it doesn't say in the scriptures what's so alluring mm-hmm. about it, except that we do know why Lot chose the land that he chose. You know, when Abram said that you know the two of them should go their separate ways. Right. So why why did Lot choose? Wasn't it great, good pasture land and things like that? Yeah, yeah. It looked far more fertile. Yeah. But, of course, it was also right there by Sodom and Gomorrah. And by the time we get to, you know, the situation where Sodom and Gomorrah is fixing to be destroyed, Mm -hmm. we've got 
lot not living on the outside but living on the inside right so i think it's like just the whole city thing city life yeah so in a sense we have Hmm. like abraham out here kind of in the bush you know kind of in a rural place roughing it roughing it and then we have lot and his family in this city modern convenience I think so. Yeah, that's interesting. I never thought about that. I think it was probably like good food, good entertainment, mm-hmm. and just the that cosmopolitan sort of thing, even though it was several thousand years ago. Right. I mean, cities have been cities for for a long time. Well, and I mean, I haven't kind of said that last week. Like, I'm, I'm thankful for money. Like, I'm thankful that I don't have to grow my own food and I can just go buy it, you know? Yeah. Because that means, you know, I can pay somebody else for their labor and then use my labor to produce something else. Mm-hmm. Um, but th- certainly that can also be a problem, right? I mean, a rabbit trail, I won't go, I won't go <laughs> down that. Obviously, it's a problem. That's what we're talking about tonight. Yeah. Now, we don't have any indication in the scriptures that Lot's wife was just this unregenerate wretch. Mm-hmm. I, it seems like she might be... <clears throat> I mean, only one one of her sins is recorded, just like only one of Eve's sins is recorded. Yeah. So it seems like, like Eve, perhaps she was deceived. But in this case, it wasn't just this uh, um, th- this kind of momentary. Well, I guess maybe for Eve it was more than momentary, but but it was like, okay, this this is going to this is going to help me. Mm-hmm. This is going to make me wise. It seems like perhaps for Lot's wife. It it was a, a more even fleshier, if you will, mm-hmm. sort of desire. I'm like it was the longing for that like cityness. So I mean, are are we saying that this is a uh, are we impugning her character here, or are we just we don't know enough about her? No, really? no, we don't know enough about her. But I'm saying I think that it's more likely that she was deceived, right? Kind of like Eve. Mm-hmm. But when you think of the whole Old Testament, who would you say is like the like the 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 woman who is not just like you know falling in a particular moment and and that has that moment of sin, but is like you know just wicked Jezebel. Jezebel. Exactly, she's kind of the worst. Yeah. So what can you think of any of the bad stuff she did? Uh, the one I know is she talked her husband into basically <clears throat> bearing false witness against. I forget the guy's name. Naboth. Naboth, right? To win his get his vineyard, and so he ended up being killed for the lies that they manufactured. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and really, like the funny thing about that too is when you look at um, well, who was, what was her husband's name? I can't remember. Ahab. Ahab. You know, like he he wasn't going to do it. Like she really pressured her, pressured him into it. You know, and if I recall, kind of like questioned his his manhood definitely yeah like aren't you the king of israel yeah well how's that to talk to the king of israel yeah for sure not great what can uh, can you think of anything else that she did that was exceptionally wicked uh no killed the prophets of god did she yep hmm yeah because she i knew i didn't like her (laughs) yeah she worshiped the gods of, of her people and she was a uh see she worshiped Baal oh yeah 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 Baal Asherah all all of those I'm trying to think where did she come from like Jebusite was she a Jebusite Mm. anyway she was from one of the 
enemy tribes so in in the in the area of israel small rabbit trail two of them actually yeah. that's that's something i've been thinking about is i would like to do a little bit of a, a textual study on baal and those that worship baal because you you see that this this conflict with what would you call baal worshipers deep into the old testament i don't know mm-hmm. if it manifests in the new testament at all if there's any residual effects there so that was the first point the other one, uh, we were just talking about this Sunday with the kids downstairs because we were reading about Joshua. And, of course, they're going to the Promised Land. They're going to conquer the Jebusites, the Girgashites, the Hittites, the yeah. Amorites. And so that that suffix, ites, means descendant of. Yes. And so, I mean, again, that would be another interesting study. Like, what is – so we, we looked a little bit into what the Amorites were. They're the ones, if I'm thinking of the right ones, who attacked the Israelites – pretty much immediately after they left Egypt mm-hmm. and and God promised to wipe them off the face of the earth. So we see a little bit of that in the story of Esther. Um, but it'd be interesting to like look into who these folks were a little bit because um, I think we tend to, you'll see folks that tend to be kind of hard on, on God, I guess, when you talk about the Canaanite conquest. But in reality, like a lot of these people were not good people. Right. And it wasn't total war. There were some people groups some tribes that the lord said to make peace with and others he said to totally wipe out yeah and some he said to it seems like to sort of give a choice right and then that that mandate of total war was taken away by the time you get to uh i think the first chapter of judges Mm -hmm. which that's kind of a an interesting aside right so i was just trying to look up where jezebel came from I mean, I, I know that it was you know one of those political marriages. Oh man, I've referenced this story myself, but where, where, where? What book are we in? I, I'm in First Kings. Yeah. Yep. Ahab, son of Omri. Jezebel, the daughter. Ah, she was a Sidonian. Hmm. She was the daughter of Ethbal king of the Sidonians, and he went and served Baal and worshipped him. Then he set up an altar for Baal in the temple of Baal, which was built in Samaria. Ahab made a wooden image. Ahab did more to provoke the Lord of Lord God of Israel to anger than all the kings of Israel who were before him. Hmm. In his days, Hiel of Bethel built Jericho. He laid its foundation with Abiram, his firstborn, which means that he killed his firstborn son and like, you know, either put his blood or put him like in the cornerstone of the city, um, which fulfilled the prophecy that the Lord had spoken through Joshua, son of Nun, that if anybody ever tried to build Jericho again, it would be at the expense of his own first son. Hmm. It's like, well, yep, yep, that happened. So there's three three women there, and and really the the, the point there is not to say that, uh, especially not the first two. You know, I don't think that there are types of Babylon that we read about in Revelation, but it's really to just get a sense of, I don't know, things that the Old Testament reveals in those stories. Mm-hmm. If there were one that, that that were a good, I don't know, proxy for Babylon, it would be Jezebel. But that's to just get and get an idea of where where the scriptures stand. Some of the important women who who show up who happen to make bad choices, right? So now I'd, I'd like to actually turn someplace specifically. Um, so those are those are obviously literal women who symbolize either the deceived or the deceiver. You know, you could see that 
Jezebel is not simply deceived, like she's actively deceiving. Oh, yeah. So I'd like to turn now to some figurative women. Okay. Proverbs 9, 13 through 18. And maybe we should actually start at the beginning of chapter 9 in Proverbs because it, it establishes the kind of contrast that I was talking about, how you know you have the two women, like you have the righteous woman and the mm-hmm. unrighteous woman. Yep. You get that clearly delineated in Proverbs 13. Nine? Yes. Nine. <clears throat> Sorry, yeah, I, I was saying 13, like the verse. Sorry. Yes. Are, are you there? Could you start reading verse yep. 1 and go through verse 12? Yes. Okay. <clears throat> Wisdom has built her house. She has set up its seven pillars. She has prepared her meat and mixed her wine. She has also set her table. She has sent out her servants, and she calls from the highest points of the city. Let all who are simple come to my house. To those who have no sense, she says, come eat my food and drink the wine I have mixed. Leave your simple ways, and you will live. Walk in the way of insight. Whoever corrects the mocker invites insults. Whoever rebukes the the wicked incurs abuse. Do not rebuke mockers, or they will hate you. Rebuke the wise, and they will love you. Instruct the wise, and they will be wiser still. Teach the righteous, and they will add to their learning. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. For through wisdom your days will be many, and years will be added to your life. If you are wise, your wisdom will reward you. If you are a mocker, you alone will suffer. A foolish woman is clamorous, not glamorous clamorous like having to do with or related to clamor mm-hmm. like loud noisy cacophonous cacophony yeah yeah she is simple and knows nothing for she sits at the door of her house on a seat by the highest places in the city to call to those who pass by who go straight on their way whoever is simple let him turn in here and as for him who lacks understanding she says to him Stolen water is sweet, and bread eaten in secret is pleasant. But he does not know that the dead are there, that her guests are in the depths of Sheol. Hmm. Uh, Elsewhere, earlier in uh, Proverbs, it talks about the, uh, the, the, the wayward woman, and it also... Um, you know, you have wisdom in chapter one that calls out wisdom, calls a lot outside. She raises her voice. And then that's also contrasted with, you know, the wayward woman who says, Hey, my husband's out of town. Mm. Um, like I've gotten everything ready. Like, you know, I saw you and like, you know, you were the one. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, let's do things while my husband is away that I probably wouldn't do if he were here. Right. Also in Proverbs, if you could uh, turn to chapter 30 and read verse 20. So Proverbs 30, 20. Just that one verse? Yeah, just that one verse. This is the way of an adulterous woman. She eats and wipes her mouth and says, I've done nothing wrong. Whatever, whatever, I do what I want. Mm. You do you, girl. Mm-hmm. Sounds like today. It does. But of course, we're we're not talking about an individual woman here. Like this is this is a this is revealing a pattern. Mm-hmm. We, we've got contrasted the wise woman and wisdom in general, as opposed to the woman of folly. 
and also folly in general, because these things also apply to men. Yeah. You know, because men can also be wise or full of folly. They men, men and women individually can follow wisdom or follow folly. Mm-hmm. Okay, so further developing the idea, ideas associated with figurative women in the Old Testament, turn to Isaiah 3. And uh, let's see. This one is talking about the daughter of Zion. And uh, let's see. Is it 16? Yeah, 16 through, I believe, the end of the chapter. Yeah, so how about you take like 16 through 20, and then I'll clean it up. The Lord says, The women of Zion are haughty, walking along with outstretched, outstretched necks, flirting with their eyes, strutting along with swaying hips, with ornaments jingling on their ankles. Therefore the Lord will bring sores on the heads of the women of Zion. The Lord will make their scalps bald. In that day the Lord will snatch away their finery, the bangles and headbands and crescent necklaces, the earrings and bracelets and veils, the headdresses and anklets and sashes, the perfume, bottles and charms. That was 20. And the rings, the nose jewels, the festal apparel, and the mantles, the outer garments, the purses, the mirrors, the fine linen, the turbans, and the robes. And so it shall be. Instead of a sweet smell, there will be a stench. Instead of a sash, a rope. Instead of well-set hair, baldness. Instead of a rich robe, a girding of sackcloth. And branding instead of beauty, your men shall fall by the sword, and your mighty in the war. Her gates shall lament and mourn, and she, being desolate, shall sit on the ground. So, daughter of Zion, you reckon that's only talking about women? No, no, no. It's 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 more than that. I mean, that's that's the imagery. But the the daughter the daughter of Zion is really just like mankind, Jerusalem. I, yeah, Israel. Yeah. I, I it, it's it it's says judgment on Jerusalem and Judah. Judge is the exactly sub- subheading here. Exactly. So this is this is what is I mean Judah had become mm-hmm. by the time of Isaiah. They weren't like the wise woman in the Proverbs, right? They, they were like the woman of folly, like the adulteress who wipes her mouth and says, I have done nothing wrong. Right. That That's what they had become. Like, they, they had become a nation of Jezebels, mm-hmm. essentially. And that doesn't mean that each and every one bore equal guilt necessarily, but like the, it's it's enough that the entire nation can be characterized with, with these generalizations. Mm-hmm. So just as we have a daughter of Zion, which is... Uh, symbolic of all of Israel at that time. And, I mean, I would say it's not confined to the Israel of that particular day. And it's probably not confined to Israel, period. Right. I mean, like, the the description fits where the description fits. Yeah. Even though the initial kind of textual... Uh, like, it probably it's probably an accurate description of, like, first century Corinth also. Right, or... You know? 21st century yeah. America. Right. 21st century anywhere on the globe. Yeah. 
Isaiah 47. <clears throat> Isaiah 47 shifts from the daughter of Zion to... Mine says the fall of Babylon. The daughter of Babylon. And I do hope that even before we, we've gotten here that we are doing something to uncover the mystery. So I'll, uh, I'll start and then... See, there are 15 verses, so I guess I'll probably stop after 7 or 8. Okay. And then you can pick it up from there. Come down and sit in the dust, O virgin daughter of Babylon. And you might reckon that perhaps there are like quotation marks around virgin. Mm. Sit on the ground without a throne, O daughter of the Chaldeans. For you shall no more be called tender and delicate. Take the millstones and grind, grind, grind meal. Remove your veil, take off the skirt, uncover the thigh, pass through the rivers, your nakedness will be uncovered. Yes, your shame will be seen. I will take vengeance and I will not arbitrate with a man. As for our Redeemer, the Lord of hosts is his name, the Holy One of Israel. Sit in silence and go into darkness, O daughter of the Chaldeans, for you shall no longer be called the Lady of Kingdoms. I was angry with my people. I have profaned my inheritance and given them into your hand and showed them no mercy. On the elderly, you laid your yoke very heavily and you said, I shall be a lady forever. So that you did not take these things to heart nor remember the latter end of them. Now then, listen, you lover of pleasure, lounging in your security and saying to yourself, I am and there is none besides me. I will never be a widow or suffer the loss of children. Both of these will overtake you in a moment, on a single day, loss of children and widowhood. They will come upon you in full measure, in spite of your many sorceries and all your potent spells. You have trusted in your wickedness and have said, No one sees me. Your wisdom and knowledge mislead you when you say to yourself, I am, and there is no one besides me. Disaster will come upon you, and you will not know how to conjure it away. A calamity will fall upon you that you cannot ward off with a ransom. A catastrophe you cannot foresee will suddenly come upon you. Keep on then with your magic spells and with your many sorceries which you have labored at since childhood. Perhaps you will succeed, perhaps you will cause terror. All the counsel you have received has only worn you out. Let your astrologers come forward, those stargazers who make predictions month by month. Let them save you from what is coming upon you. Surely they are like stubble, the fire that will burn them up. They cannot even save themselves from the power of the flame. These are not coals for warmth. This is not a fire you sit by. That is all they are to you. These you have dealt with and labored with since childhood. All of them go in their error. There is no one that can save you. And uh, my verse 15 says this, Thus shall they be to you, with whom you have labored, your merchants from your youth. They shall wander each one to his quarter. No one shall save you. So, daughter, daughter of Babylon. So, what, what do you think might be a difference between, you know, no, sorry, let, let me shelve that for a second. Is there is there any description here of daughter Babylon that sticks out to you, for for whatever reason? Um, so like knowing what we read, read in Revelation, 
Anything at all, like anything that happens to stick out, revelation notwithstanding. So the thing with the millstone sticks out because I know that okay. that was part of it. Okay. Um, um, yeah, I mean, I guess that's the biggest thing. I think a lot of this this verbiage kind of is echoed in Revelation. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So let me come back now to the question that I previously shelved. What what would the difference be between the implication of daughter Babylon and later whore of Babylon? Oh. Like, you know, like a, a daughter who's somehow gone out and disgraced herself in her father's eyes, maybe? Okay, so, yeah, I, I think that the word daughter is, is significant. Yeah. Because there's, like... Time has passed between the, the prophecy of Isaiah and the prophecy of Revelation. Mm-hmm. And I would say that the that the Babylon being discussed in Revelation was future still for, like, in the time of John. Not that Babylon wasn't present. Right. Like, I would say that Babylon ha- has been a constant presence. But the but the Babylon specifically being described, like, the, the judgment of Babylon mm-hmm. that we see in Revelation, like, that was not something that was just fixing to happen during the time of John. Right. So I think when we get to Revelation and what we see, like the descriptions that we see of her, I think she grew up. Yeah. And, but already when she, I mean, daughter, like young, even young Babylon had serious problems. Right. I mean, I am, and there is no one else besides me. Yeah. I, I mean, that's almost what I was tempted to say is it's like this Babylon is like, I don't want to say daddy's little girl, but maybe like daddy's wayward da- but daughter, but still a daughter. Whereas yeah, she's here, got some attitude. Right. Yeah. Whereas now it's like, I don't even know this chick anymore when she gets to revelation. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like at this point, maybe something could be done, but like even the prophecies here are like, you know, you think, you think that like, well, what does it say? Verse eight. I sh- you say, I am, and there is no one else besides me. I shall not sit as a widow, nor shall I know the loss of children. But these two things shall come to you in a moment, yeah, in one day. So the bad attitude was, I guess the, the, the indication is, is that, you know, however bad she was here, mm-hmm. she was going to get worse. Mm-hmm. And the attitude wasn't going to change. Yeah. And again, we're not talking about a an actual historic person mm-hmm. here. Something else is being described. So <clears throat> I'd say that that's one part of Babylon. So daughter of Babylon and kind of foreshadowing what we're going to read in Revelation with uh, the prostitute, the, the whore of Babylon. But let's dig into Babylon it, itself, like more of the historic Babylon for, for a minute. How much time do we have left? Like 25 minutes? Yeah. Okay, I think we can do it, maybe. Okay. Babylon. What's the origin there? Because like you took us back to, say, Daniel. Babel. Okay, Babel. Where did Babel come from? The Tower of Babel? Okay, I'm sure yeah. it's before that. Babel's where this tower resided, so Babel, okay, Babel's so, a place beforehand. Right, so so let's, let's turn there. That's like Genesis, what, 9-ish? Yeah, something like that. <clears throat> Noah. 11 sorry I, I knew that <clears throat> uh, 
I just wrote down Babel and Genesis. I didn't I didn't write down the number. But anyway, it, it's it's 11. Now the whole earth had one language and one speech and which we could spend a whole time here discussing that, like the implications of that. Mm-hmm. Now the whole earth had one language and one speech. And it came to pass as they journeyed from the east that they found a plain in the land of Shinar and they dwelt there. Then they said to one another, come let us make bricks and bake them thoroughly. They had brick for stone and they had asphalt or bitumen for mortar. And they said, come let us build ourselves a city and a tower whose top is in the heavens. Let us make a name for ourselves lest we be scattered abroad over the face of the whole earth. Can you pick up in five and go down through nine? But the Lord came down to see the city and the tower the people were building. The Lord said, If as one people speaking the same language they have begun to do this, then nothing they plan to do will be impossible for them. Come, let us go down and confuse their language so they will not understand each other. So the Lord mm-hmm. scattered them from there over all the earth, and they stopped building the city. That is why it was called Babel, because there the Lord confused the language of the whole world. From there, the Lord scattered them over the whole face of the earth. And in connection to that, I want to read a verse or two from chapter 10. So this is uh, dealing with the nations descended from Noah. It says, Cush, who I believe was a grandson of Noah, Cush begot Nimrod. He began to be a mighty one on the earth. He was a mighty hunter before the Lord. Therefore, it is said, like Nimrod, the mighty hunter before the Lord. And the beginning of his kingdom was Babel, Erech, Akkad, and Kalneh in the land of Shinar. From that land, he went on to Assyria and built Nineveh, Rehoboth-ir, Kala, and Rezin between Nineveh and Kala. And this is the principal city. So that that's the... Uh, that's the person between Noah and Abraham that we actually know the most about, mm-hmm. scripturally speaking, is Nimrod. And it says that it's Nimrod who built not just Babel, <clears throat> but Nineveh too. And if we think of like, well, shoot, like what are the two centers of evil in the Old Testament? It's like Babel and Nineveh. Mm-hmm. You have Babylon and you have Assyria. Mm-hmm. Well... <clears throat> Hence, Josephus. Let's see what old Josephus has to say about that. Now, of course, what we're about to take a look at is not the scriptures. And so maybe this is not accurate. But this is a 2,000-year-old account-ish of something that happened 2,000 years before that. But I do tend to... I mean, uh, appreciate uh, Josephus a good bit. And I think that that he's got some insight that's worthy of considering. So if you turn to, let's see. Is it chapter six, five? Ah, four. Yeah. Let's see. I'm just double... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's chapter 4. It says, Concerning the Tower of Babylon and the Confusion of Tongues. So what I'm about to read comes from Josephus, 
uh, of the Antiquities of the Jews, Book 1, containing the interval of 3,833 years from the creation to the death of Isaac. So for those of you keeping score at home, Josephus was a uh, Jewish historian, and he was a Jewish military leader who was captured by the Romans, and he ended up getting sent to Rome, and in the process of his time in Rome, he, I guess, became favored by the Romans, Mm -hmm. and he ended up telling the emperor about about the Jews and was sort of commissioned by the emperor to to collect like a history of the Jews and so this is if you see like the collective works of Josephus mm-hmm. that's that's what this is that's what this is from rather anything to add about Josephus that is important nope that you know of okay so again this is concerning the tower of babylon and the confusion of tongues now the sons of noah were three shem and japheth and ham born 100 years before the deluge. These first of all descended from the mountains into the plains and fixed their habitation there and persuaded others who were greatly afraid of the lower grounds on account of the flood. Mm. Which, that, that was something that I had suspected before I ever read Josephus since I've lived for six years in a floodplain. Yeah. They were, they were greatly afraid of the lower grounds on account of the flood and so were very loath to come down from the higher places to venture to follow their examples. So they were going to have to induce them somehow to get there. Can I just mention to yeah. you, like looking at, so I, I have a map that accompanies uh, the Tower of Babel mm-hmm. and then the, um, you know, kind of how the, the people are just dispersed. Mm-hmm. And so if you think about that Mount Ararat's in modern day Turkey. Mm-hmm. And so when they say, when they're talking about, so we're talking about Babel, again, this is the Tigris and Euphrates river valleys. As, as is Nineveh, although Nineveh is further up north. So when they're descending out of the mountains, we're talking about the very mountainous regions of Turkey and Iran coming down into modern-day Iraq into, I mean, the Fertile Crescent. So yes. This is the low, low, low ground we're talking about. Now the plain in which they first dwelt was called Shinar. God also commanded them to send colonies abroad for the... Sorry, I've got a staple here. For through peopling the for, for through the peopling of the earth, that they might not raise seditions among themselves, but might cultivate a great part of the earth and enjoy its fruits after a plentiful manner. So the so the picture there is agrarian. Mm-hmm. God wanted them to get out of town and spread out and cultivate the earth, and so that there wouldn't be seditions. So like, God wanted them to spread out and not fight. Yeah. But they were so ill instructed that they did not obey God, for which reason they fell into calamities and were made sensible by experience of what sin they had been guilty of. For when they flourished with a numerous youth, God admonished them to send again to send out colonies. But they, imagining the prosperity they enjoyed, was not derived from the favor of the Lord, but supposing that their own power was the proper cause of the plentiful condition they were in, did not obey him. Nay, they added to this their disobedience to the divine will, the suspicion that they were therefore ordered to send out separate colonies, that being divided asunder, they might not, that being divided asunder, they might the more easily be oppressed. Now it was Nimrod who excited them to such an affront and contempt of God. He was the grandson of Ham, the son of Noah, a bold man and of great strength of hand. He persuaded them not to ascribe it to God, meaning like his own strength. 
you know, he, he wasn't, he didn't want anybody to give God the credit for making him strong Mm -hmm. as if it was, as if it was through his means that they were happy, but to believe that it was their own courage, which procured that happiness. He also gradually changed the government into tyranny, seeing no other way of turning men from the fear of God. Mm. When I was reading that earlier, like I just stopped right there. Yeah. Like, bingo. Thank you, Josephus. Yeah. I'll I'll tell you something else I'm thinking about as we're reading too here, like this idea of um, with uh, they flourish flourish with numerous youth. So if if you've read the book or seen the movie um, Charlie Wilson's War, Mm -hmm. at the end end they're talking about the situation in Afghanistan after the Russians left, and, and and part of the concern is that. You know, he, he's advocating for rebuilding schools and, the, and the, the Congress people he's talking to are like, Afghanistan, is that still going on? The point he's making, though, is that, you know, a large percentage of this pop, this population is now under the age of like 20 or whatever mm-hmm. it is, right? Yeah. And so my point being is, I don't think we, the, the average person nowadays considers the, 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 the problems that you can have with an, an extremely young uh, population. And I think this is an example of that yeah absolutely and listen to the rest of this sentence he also gradually changed the government into tyranny seeing no other way of turning men from the fear of god but to bring them into a constant dependence on his own power Hmm. he also said he would be revenged on god if he should have a mind to drown the world again for that he would build a tower too high for the waters to be able to reach and that he would avenge himself on God for destroying their forefathers. Now the multitude were very ready to follow the determination of Nimrod and to esteem it a piece of cowardice to submit to God. Submitting to God is cowardice, they, mm. th- they said. And they built a tower, neither sparing any pains nor being in any degree negligent about the work. And by reason of the multitude of hands employed in it, it grew very high, sooner than anyone could expect. But the... Th- <laughs> So, in other words, things really developed quickly. Yeah. But the thickness of it was so great, and it was so strongly built, that thereby its height seemed, upon the view, to be less than it really was. It was built of burnt brick, cemented together with mortar, made of bitumen. That's waterproof stuff. Mm -hmm. That it might not be liable to admit water. When God saw that they acted so madly, he did not resolve to destroy them utterly, since they were not grown wiser by the destruction of the former sinners, but he caused a tumult among them by producing in them diverse languages and causing that through the multitude of those languages, they should not be able to understand one another. The place wherein they built the tower is now called Babylon Mm. because of the confusion of that language, which they readily understood before for the Hebrews mean by the word Babel confusion. The Sibyl also makes mention of this tower and of the confusion of the language. When she says thus, when all men were of one language, some of them built an high tower as if they would thereby ascend up to heaven. But the gods sent storms of wind and overthrew the tower and gave every one his peculiar language. And for this reason, it was, and the city was called Babylon. But as to the, <clears throat> but as to the plain of Shinar in the country of Babylonia, uh, Hestaeus mentions it when he says thus, such of the priests as were saved took the sacred vessels of Jupiter and Yalius and came to Shinar. Of Babylonia. Um, 
It's also thought that when it says Nimrod was a mighty hunter before the Lord, mm-hmm. that what it really means is that Nimrod was a mighty hunter like in the Lord's face. Mm-hmm. Like he was trying to, you know, like in your face. Yeah. You know, affronting someone. Right. Like that what he was doing was intended as an intentional affront to the Lord's right. sovereignty. Interesting. I guess if I can finish my other point that I... Oh, yeah, sorry. Didn't think... Well, I, I thought of this as we continue to read. Again, with this younger younger, younger society, right, what they're lacking is wisdom, mm-hmm. you know, which, I mean, we've already talked about wisdom tonight, and then it says even right here, since they were not grown wiser by the destruction of the former sinners. Um, so, again, I guess I just wanted to dot that I. Yeah. Yeah. Now they're they're uh, so I think that, that that's really helpful to, to think about Babylon mm-hmm. like like what the roots of that really are yeah and I think that what Josephus tells us isn't is pretty credible right and and worthy of consideration and so so we've got Babylon going all the way back to Nimrod you mm-hmm. know like this is like the first city yeah because even in the list of the cities that that Nimrod built like Babylon is the preeminent the first mm-hmm. so then when we go to Isaiah. 47, we're talking about the daughter of Babylon. We're talking about the the progeny of the situation that Nimrod was trying to set up. Mm-hmm. Like this is this is the this is what has been produced. But so the way of thinking that's that we see being described with the daughter of Babylon, you know, I am and there is none beside me. Like I I do what I want. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm not going to be a widow. Like I'm impervious, and it's kind of like in your face, God. Exactly. Yep. Like we see the correlations. Like father, like daughter. Like father, like daughter. So I don't know. Do we have time? Um, I mean, we're at just short of an hour. Right just now. short of an hour. Yeah. Okay. Revelation. Let's, let's tie a bow on it. Let's try. Let's try at least. So if we if we want to talk about like, you know, the two women, we ha- we have that in in Revelation because like in 13 I believe we we have um the woman like we have Israel, mm-hmm. you know, giving birth to Christ and and you might also say that that's also symbolic of the church. Um yeah, well, sorry, chapter 12, the woman, the child, and the dragon. 13, we have a, a beast from the sea, mm-hmm. and things continue to progress until we get to 17. And we've got 17 and 18 that, that deal with this. So I'll read uh, verses 1 through 6 and 17. And just as we, we read this, like I think that we're going to see some some similarities. We're going to see some similar wording, some similar imagery, and similar attitudes. Then one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls came and talked with me, saying to me, Come, I will show you the judgment of the great harlot who sits on many waters. Sounds like she's grown a little bit, huh? Mm, yeah. With whom the kings of the earth committed fornication. And the inhabitants of the earth were made drunk with the wine of her fornications. So he carried away, carried me away in the spirit in the wilderness. And I saw a woman sitting on a scarlet beast 
which was full of names of blasphemy, having seven heads and ten horns, which is, that's that beast is described earlier. Mm-hmm. Like in, you know, 12, 13, 14, through there. The woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet and adorned with gold and precious stones and pearls, having in her hand a golden cup full of abominations and the filthiness of her fornication. And on her forehead a name was written, Mystery Babylon, the Great, the mother of harlots and of the abominations of the earth. So the daughter in Isaiah 47 has grown up and has now become a mother. Mm. And I saw the woman drunk with the blood of the saints and with the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. And when I saw her, I marveled with great amazement. Okay, seven. Um, uh, seven through, how about just nine for now? Okay. Then the angel said to me, why are you astonished? I will explain to you the mystery of the woman and the beast she rides, which has seven heads and ten horns. The beast, which you saw, once was, now is not, and yet will come up out of the abyss and go to its destruction. The inhabitants of the earth, whose names have not been written in the book of life from the creation of the world, will be astonished when they see the beast because it once was, now is not, and yet will come. This calls for a mind with wisdom. The seven heads are seven hills on which the woman sits. There are also seven kings, five fallen, one is, the other has not yet come, but when he does come, he must remain only for a while, for, a, for only a little while. And then 15 through 18. Then the angel said to me, the water you saw where the prostitute sits are peoples, multitudes, nations, and languages. The beast and the ten horns you saw will hate the prostitute. They will bring her to ruin and leave her naked. They will eat her flesh and burn her with fire. For God has put it into their hearts to accomplish his purpose by agreeing to hand over to the beast their royal authority until God's words are fulfilled. The woman you saw is the great city that rules over the kings of the earth. Okay, so clearly not just a not a single person. Mm-hmm. That, that's not what we're talking about here. Okay, so is there any indication as to the scope of this entity's influence? I mean, it seems like it's the whole world. The whole world, yeah. yeah. Like the waters that you saw her sitting on—that's everybody. Yeah, the multitudes, the nations, the languages, and, and there's some sense in which she reigns over the kings of the earth. Yeah, even. Mm-hmm. And as, as we keep reading, we're, we're going to see a, a development, or, or like the uh, the relationship between the uh, the woman and the kings of the earth and the merchants uh, be further described. So. Uh, I'm going to pick up in in 18. After these things, I saw another angel coming down from heaven, having great authority, and the earth was illuminated with his glory. And he cried mightily with a loud voice, saying, Babylon the great is fallen, is fallen, and has become a dwelling place of demons, a prison for every foul spirit, and a cage for every unclean and hated bird. For all the nations have drunk the wine of the wrath of her fornication. The kings of the earth have committed fornication with her. And the merchants of the earth have become rich through her through the abundance of her luxury. Hmm. And I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, my people, lest you share in her sins, lest you receive her plagues. For her sins have reached to heaven, and God has remembered her iniquities. 
Render to her just as she has rendered to you, and repay her double according to her works. In the cup which she has mixed, mix double for her. In the measure that she glorified herself and lived luxuriously, in the same measure give her torment and sorrow. For she says in her, in her heart, I sit as a queen, and am no widow, and will see no sorrow. Therefore her plagues will come in one day, death and mourning and famine, and she will be utterly burned with fire, for strong is the Lord God who judges her. Sound familiar? Mm-hmm. Just like Isaiah 47. Yep. Okay, uh, could you pick up in, in verse 9, <clears throat> 9 through 20? <clears throat> when the kings of the earth who committed adultery with her and shared her luxury see the smoke of her burning, they will weep and mourn over her. Terrified at her torment, they will stand far off and cry, Woe, woe to you, great city, you mighty city of Babylon. In one hour your doom has come. Through what now? 20. Okay. The merchants of the earth will weep and mourn over her because no one buys their cargoes anymore, cargoes of gold, silver, precious stones, and pearls, fine linen, purple, silk, and scarlet cloth, every sort of citron wood and articles of every kind made of ivory, costly wood, bronze, iron, and marble, cargoes of cinnamon and spice, of incense, myrrh and frankincense, of wine and olive oil, of fine flour and wheat, cattle and sheep, horses and carriages, and human beings sold as slaves. They will say, The fruit you long for is gone from you. All your luxury and splendor have vanished, never to be recovered. The merchants who sold these things and gained their wealth from her will stand far off, terrified at her torment. They will weep and mourn and cry out, Woe, woe to you, great city, dressed in fine linen, purple and scarlet, and glittering with gold and precious stones and pearls. In one hour such great wealth has been brought to ruin. Every sea captain... And all who travel by ship, the sailors, and all who earn their living from the sea will stand far off. When they see the smoke of her burning, they will exclaim, Was there ever a city like this great city? They will throw dust on their heads and with weeping and mourning cry out, Woe, woe to you, great city, where all who had ships on the sea became rich through her wealth. In one hour she has been brought to ruin. Rejoice over her, you heavens. Rejoice, you people of God. Rejoice, apostles and prophets, for God has judged her with the judgment she imposed on you. Okay, so whatever hmm. this Babylon thing is that's, that's symbolized both in the Old Testament and the New Testament as this queen, this woman, this woman of ill repute, this whore, like what, I don't know, who, who's, who's torn up about her fall? merchants sailors kings yeah and and this is what's so fascinating to me like i think that it's you know sometimes people get real tore up about reading revelation because they they either get they either want to like make every every little thing totally <clears throat> intensely literal or they try to make everything so um figurative as to mean almost nothing yeah like to, to mean almost anything and therefore almost nothing yeah but the more that i read and when i read this in the context of knowing where babylon started and what nimrod was up to reading about various women of, of, of ill repute the difference between folly and wisdom reading about the 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 sins of daughter zion reading about daughter Babylon and then reading this, I think it's, 
I think kind of some some clear things emerge. Mm-hmm. Like so, so, so we're reading along here, and okay, Scar- Scarlet Dragon. Okay, so maybe that's literal, maybe it's not. But when it's talking about kings of the earth, that's pretty decently clear, mm-hmm. you know, because there are kings in the earth. Yeah. Or you know, even if they're not called kings anymore, <clears throat> who may as well be. Mm-hmm. I mean, they 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 function in in a similar similar manner. We have merchants. Mm-hmm. We have sailors. So. I don't know. Any thoughts along those lines? Yeah, I mean, it's hard not to start to like look at historic events or present events and start to like, Mm-mm. I don't know, connect dots, make assumptions. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and just like in in both with daughter Zion and daughter of, daughter of Babylon, there's there's this um, there, there's a lot of luxury. Mm-hmm. But remember how it said, you know, gone. Gone is the braided hair. Gone are the purses. Gone are the turbans. Gone are the sashes. Gone's the jewelry. Mm-hmm. You know, like like clearly, like whatever this thing is, not only is it is it symbolized by by this luxurious stuff, but like that that's kind of what it actually generates literally, mm-hmm. like abundant wealth, frivol- frivolously spent. Yeah, and we we have that here. I mean, everything from. Gold and silver, yep. all the way down to human trafficking, spices and yeah. I mean, that all of these things are are, are with us, and we all. We, but we also see that some of the things in, in the list of you know the cargo, so to speak, some of it is not innately bad or sinful, mm-hmm. but we see that it's intertwined, like it's mixed with things that are. And I wonder if, if that's also symbolized by, you know, like the nations drinking the wine that she mixes. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, what's wrong with wine? Well, I mean, nothing. Jesus turned water into wine. Mm-hmm. Except that we know that like too much of it is bad. Right. And we're definitely not supposed to get drunk. Mm-hmm. I mean, just, you know, kind of playing that out. And we also know that stuff can be mixed with it that makes it worse. Right. And like the cargo. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with gold and silver. There's nothing wrong with wood and ivory. Well, I mean, may, maybe ivory. Cinnamon. It's just, yeah. What's wrong with... I mean, of course, it was kind of an exotic spice, I'm sure, back then. But then we get down to... Okay, but wait a second. All This whole thing, like the whole shipment is tainted with chattel. Mm. Slavery. The... Not just the bodies, but the souls mm-hmm. of human beings. <clears throat> Verse 21, Then a mighty angel took up a stone like a great millstone and threw it into the sea, saying, Thus with violence the great city Babylon shall be thrown down and shall not be found anymore. The sound of harpists, musicians, flutists, and trumpeters shall not be heard in you anymore. No craftsman of any craft shall be found in you anymore. And the sound of a millstone shall not be heard in you anymore. The light of a lamp shall not shine in you anymore, and the voice of bridegroom and bride shall not be heard in you anymore. For your merchants were the great men of the earth. For by your sorcery all nations were deceived. Hmm. And in her was found the blood of prophets and saints and all who were slain on the earth. Sounds familiar, huh? Yeah. 
this might be a little bit presumptuous, but I think there has to be a part three. Oh, man. I'm sorry. I think there has to be a part three because, like, I really want to dig into what sorcery is. Because it says that uh, <clears throat> by your sorcery, all the nations were deceived. Okay, so 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 what what do we mean here? And I don't think we have time to go into it tonight. Are we talking about money? We are. See, we have to have a part three to get back to money. <laughs> but maybe... I, I mean, again, of the things that you can put together here, I mean, again, what to your original premise, the idea of follow the money, like kings, merchants, sea captains, cargo, uh, <clears throat> human trafficking, like... Money is kind of the common denominator here. Yep. Why did they do what they do? Yeah. And how can they do the things that they want to do? And this is where we're going to shift from what I think is, I think it's decently reasonable and and defensible biblical study and moving into speculation that I think is also very solid, but I can't prove. Mm Mm-hmm. But I would say that it's not just money, but that it's something, maybe I should say where money comes from. And I think that that's where we will find the sorcery. Okay. And I'm not talking about gold and silver. You're giving me that look like, man, what are you talking about? I I don't know. I'm telling you, I, I think that there might need to be a part two. Three, and three. Th- sorry, th- there is a part two. If you talk about anything this is else, part two. if you talk about anything else, the next time you come here, I will walk out. No, I, like I'm, I'm not because like I'm, I'm very passionate about this, and I have been for a while, mm-hmm. and, and I would say that of late, the passion has not waned, and I'm not seeing any reason for it to. I've simply seen things confirmed that I've s- suspected for maybe ten years, and so preview of part three you might call it the lord abhors dishonest scales but accurate weights are his delight a primer on the sorcery of money that's too long that's, that's too i love long titles that's too long okay all right, like all right, a Michael all right. Scott title. yeah i know I, I actually had a yeah okay <laughs> maybe i should say what the title is should be this is also Michael Scott Stalling. Oh my goodness! <laughs> no, maybe it should be uh, Money Part Three. Um, weighed in the scales and found wanting. Is that too long? That's okay. I can. Do okay, it. that's all right. I can work with that. Okay. Weighed in the scales mm. and found wanting. All right. So tune in next time. And do you have any final thoughts? I think <clears throat> you just need to go again. Then. Okay, I will. We're gonna we're gonna not alternate and you just go again. Okay, I'll go again. Because I feel like it would just I mean this is like a kind of a cliffhanger right here. It it is kind of a cliffhanger, I, I admit, but we have wives at home. Yeah. Also children. Uh my final thought is just again, the love of money is the root of all evil, I think. <clears throat> That's kind of what this point is. Oh, the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. All kinds of evil. Yeah. Right. And these are all kinds of evils. They are. Goes back to the love of money. Mm. Yep. Well, I guess I've already given my final thought because it's the preview of next week on Deuterocanons episode 33. Whoa, whoa, whoa. 
It's episode 33, and it's part three of money. Too bad it's not March 3rd. I know. That would have been great. 30, 2033. What was that title that you just said again? I said... Weighed in the scales and found wanting. Weighed in the scales and found wanting. <laughs> we'll edit that burp out. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Uh, I, I ate chili before I came. That's what happens when you do podcasts after you eat. It is. Okay. So... Man, I want to keep going, but back to our families. Yep. So tune in next time to Deutero Cannons, and Byron, please pray us out. All right. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day and this time of uh, study, God, and we ask that you um, help us to uh, just to, to, to continue to learn more from your word and, and to make time to uh, exercise the discipline and be obedient and to to spend more time learning more about you, obeying your commands. Help us to be uh, like Jesus, to be good examples for our families, for our friends, our coworkers. We ask that you help us to resist the temptations of this world, the many vices that we encounter, money being one of them, and to uh, try to do all things for your glory. Thank you for Jesus, his sacrifice on the cross for our sins. In his name, amen. Amen. To be continued. Same Deutero time, same canon channel. Um, do we need to do, remember when we did remastered? Yeah. Should we do like a part two? Did, did you hear where I put that on that episode when we did the, oh yeah, it was in the, in the song. Could you hear it in the song? Yeah. Yeah. So should we do a part two to stick into the theme song? Yeah, sure. What are we saying? Part two! <laughs> or how about like sequel? No. The second. Or it could be part two. Like with that weird pause? Part Two. Yeah, with a weird part. Two. Yeah, but it's going to be going while the music is playing or okay. merely following it. So it's got to be, has to stick out enough. <laughs> Man. What, yeah, what do we say? Pardu. <laughs> I don't know about that. I'm not sure <laughs> I feel about that one. Yeah, it's French. <clears throat> what do we. Like, cause what we're doing here, like this is a series, but it, but the whole thing's a series. The right? whole thing is a series, and this just happens to be part two. I don't know if having a part two is quite the same as a remastered or a what was the oh. other one? Like, no, 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 no. I, I know what we can do. What instead of putting it in the title sequence, we can put it in the outro. Okay, but we could say to be continued. <laughs> yeah, okay. but then you gotta. Well, you can't do it. I mean, tacking it on to yeah. the other one. So it'd be like... To be continued. <laughs> All right, let's back up a little bit, though, because we're tweaking ourselves out over there. Same... <laughs> At some point, we could also do same Deutero time, same canon channel. <laughs> okay, let's do... To be continued. Okay. 
And then we can also do that. Okay. All right, ready? So we're doing to be continued. Yeah. Okay, ready? To, to be, be continued. continued. Oh, man, it's like really red when we do okay. that. We just have to tone it down yeah, a little back bit. Back your face away a little okay. bit. I mean, unless... Oh, shoot, that, <laughs> that went real red real fast. All right, ready? One, two, three. To, to be, be continued. continued. All right, what was the other one? Same Deutero time, same... Same Canon same channel. <laughs> okay, ready? Except, like, we should split it up. Okay. How about I say same Deutero time... Same Canon channel. All right, let's try that again. Ready? Same Deutero time. Same Canon channel. I think we need more intensity on yours. Okay, all right. All right. <laughs> more intensity. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, intensity. Ready? Same Deutero time. Same Canon channel. <laughs> <laughs> See, right. like, I have, like... Cannon chant like cut chuck cut chuck cut chuck. <laughs> hey, your language arts teacher. Well, that make doesn't it happen. Mean, okay, ready? I will. This is your mother tongue. If I mess this one up, we have to switch. Okay. Okay. Same Deutero time. Same Canon channel. You nailed it. Nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <sighs> it's gonna be awesome. Yep. <laughs>